It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Bulletin. Right, uh, Bulletin now with uh, Jamie Wall, of course, the esteemed rugby writer who has uh, been travelling uh, following the All Blacks, but of course he's seen a lot of Wallabies teams over the years. So, Jamie, um, what do you feel after watching that performance this morning? Yeah, kia ora, good morning, Smithy. I, to be honest, I'm I'm pretty sad uh, because I, as much as we love beating Australia, I think we love competing with Australia uh, the most, and and we need them to be uh, a strong adversary for us in order to feel good about about winning the Blazers Cup, about you know beating them in the Tri Nation, uh, the Rugby Championship, and and at the World Cup, it's going to mean more. And and the state that they're in at the moment is just so bad. Like I don't think it's ever really been worse than this uh, in at least my lifetime, anyway. Uh, it takes away from what should be a very healthy and competitive relationship between uh, the All Blacks and the Wallabies. So I I mean, on the other hand, I have to give Wales a massive amount of credit because, you know, they were in absolute disarray uh, a year ago and to the point where Warren Gatlin himself was questioning whether he'd made the right call to go back. To, so to see the way that they've turned things around um, with what was a pretty impressive win over Fiji and then a very impressive performance tonight because you, you, you can't pin this all on the Wallabies being terrible. Like Wales were very good in that game. They, they were mm. very efficient uh, and did uh, executed a, a very um, a game plan that suits what uh, the strengths of their squad, which is what Warren Gatland is very good at with Wales. You know, he's managed to take uh, a team of guys that, uh, he doesn't have the same sort of player resources that you have uh, in New Zealand or, or or other or England or other places, and and get the most out of what he's got, and and they're certainly doing that. Um, so you know, credit to them. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, the the real story here is just how bad the Wallabies have got, and you're really looking now at what was a very controversial coaching appointment in Eddie Jones. You know, it really felt like it, it could go one way or the other, and unfortunately for the Wallabies, Wallabies it's gone about as badly as possible. It has gone very, very bad um, to the point where um, your head coach is on a screen in the middle of France. You're Australian and he's getting roundly booed. Um, uh, and it was very interesting to hear uh, Sonny Bill after uh, the game really pointing the finger. He said, I would never run out and give my heart and soul to a coach who apparently has been negotiating with another country before he even starts this tournament. Yeah, well, that's a story that's going to be unravelling over the next few days um, and it'll be very interesting to know what's what's really going on there but it seems like the the reporting on it seems to be pretty accurate uh, and I, I have to agree with Sonny on that <laughs> that it's uh, it, if, if that if everything that's being said is true that's a terrible look for Eddie Jones I mean as if he couldn't have fallen further in the in the estimations of um, not just Wallabies fans but just people everywhere uh, if that if that's true, I mean, it, it, he's an absolute charlatan for for what um, what he's not only done, the damage that he's done to the the image of Australian rugby. Like no one was sort of expecting them to win the World Cup or anything like that. But 
to turn every press, press conference opportunity uh, into something that's all about himself and um, you know, consistently just taking the team backwards to the point where I think it was about an hour into the game where one play that just summed it up for me was Tate McDermott had it at the back of the ruck and just mm. aimlessly just booted the ball in the air and, and all of the Wallabies players just stood around and did nothing until the ball was on its way down. And then McDermott realised he had to do something and then it ended up just hitting one of the Wallabies and it was offside and, and none of them reacted it to it at all. And bang, it was another three points to Wales. It put them about 20 points ahead. And none, all of them were just sort of standing there going, oh, well, that's us. You know, that was the, the, the look of resignation on their faces. And I think that just sums up just the way everything felt. And that post-match broadcast was some of the most compelling sports television I've seen in a long time. And it really kind of showed, I think, uh, the way that it should be, you know, when in, in terms of just being honest and being open about things, because you had uh, the, the exactly the sort of people you wanted to be talking after that. You had Michael Hooper, a guy who's been dropped, who was very classy in the way that he defended Eddie Jones. But on the other hand, you had Sonny Bill saying, saying what he said, and, and, and you completely understand why, why he did that. And it's not like Sonny Bill Williams is a hot take merchant. He's not a guy who's he's not even a journalist. And he's saying stuff like that. I, I thought it was really, uh, I was glued to the television watching that. And, and it really got you kind of saying, oh, if anyone from Sky Sports listening, like, that's what you need after a game? You know, mm-hmm. that's what you need before a game? That's what is going to keep people watching and therefore keep people watching your ad breaks? Uh, so you know, if you can do that on a consistent basis, you you know you're really going to be able to um, up your up your audience. I totally agree. Uh, we we could talk about this for hours. We've only got uh, about three minutes, Jamie. But so um, we'll move on because uh, there was a game, of course, of huge significance to us over the weekend. Ireland thirteen, South Africa eight. So for all intents and purposes, now it looks like us in Ireland. Yeah, that's correct, uh, and I I think that it was, you know, the the, the All Blacks probably thought about that anyway, um, started prepping for that. Hopefully, taking what they learnt from last year and um, and the losses that there was that were sustained to to Ireland, but also, I think that the other thing that is is kind of got lost in this is that Ireland are going to have to come in off the back of playing Scotland as well. Um, so, you know, they've had three big tough test matches leading into this, whereas the All Blacks have had that game against France. They've had a long, they've had in Namibia, they've had a long break, and then they've got two relatively easier games. I'm still sort of wondering whether Italy's going to be able to give us a bit of a touch-up. But um, just what sort of shape Ireland's in by the time they get into the quarterfinals might be a, a pretty deciding factor in this game. It absolutely must be. Uh, all right, OK. Uh, and just a final word on the Warriors? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in Brisbane uh, over the weekend. Um, I just have to say that you know the outpouring of emotion and support for the Warriors by the fans, both by people who travelled over there and, of course, the massive amount of Kiwis who live in the area was really something else. Like, I, I haven't seen that sort of support um, for a New Zealand sports team, you know, since the, probably the Boxing Day test back in, in 2019. Just people just really willing to let themselves go, you know, and just really have a good time. Uh, in the end, I think people left... You know, disappointed by the loss, but at the same time really proud of the way that the Warriors managed to take themselves to the point of being premiership contenders. Because if you look at where they were this time last year, they were in absolute shambles. You know, like that, there was uh, serious question marks over like what what the future of the club was going to be like. And for Andrew Webster to turn that round in a year, 
and have people talking about like, wow, you know, next year's going to be even better. Uh, we've, we're going to sign some guys in the off-season. We've got RTS coming in. Um, the future's looking really bright for the Warriors all of a sudden. It just goes to show just the little variables, and it goes back to what we're talking about with the Wallabies, like just how much of, a co- um, uh, how much of an impact a coaching appointment has on an organisation, not just the team itself, but everything, like the relationship with the media, the perception of the fans, uh, and therefore the amount of people who are coming through the gates and what, how they're talking about it, how they're talking about it on social media. Because to be honest, like right now, you could post anything you want about the Warriors on social media, and it's going to get a bunch of likes, a bunch of clicks, everything. It's a, it's a total free hit. So well done to the Warriors, uh, not just on the field, but off it as well. Jamie Wall, absolutely fantastic. Uh, quick summation there of uh, two or three very big events over uh, the weekend. We thank you for your time, mate. Have a terrific week. Cheers, Murphy. Appreciate it, mate.